Your Minnesota Wild started the season off on the right skate by beating the Florida Panthers 2-0 Thursday night at XL Energy Center. The Wild start the season 1-0-0, which is a stark contrast to when they stumbled out of the gate last year. You'll recall at 1-3-1, losing their first three games and not looking good. Last night they looked pretty good, and they are now 1-0-0. This is your Wild Minute with Troy. Thanks for dropping by. We will break down last night's game and start setting you up for the next one. It's an 82-game haul. It's a slog. It spans seven months. That is the NHL season. And we are so glad as we look out the window today in 48 degrees of rain and wind in Minnesota, we are so glad that hockey season is here and the Wild will take us right through the fall, into the winter, into the spring, and who knows if we can make it into the summer in June. We'll find out. But thanks for joining me. Wild Minute with Troy. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. We're going to give you some quick hits on last night's game and get you on your way so you can start your weekend. Now, you'll recall the Florida Panthers, well, they are the defending Eastern Conference champs, um, but they weren't the best team all season long. No, quite the opposite. They took the final game of the season to actually qualify for the playoffs. And then they entered as the A seed. And then, remember, they went on that great April and May and June run where they beat the one of the most historic, historically best teams uh, single-season-wise where they knocked off the Boston Bruins in the, the first round. They beat the Tampa Hurricanes. I'm sorry, the Tampa uh, Lightning in the second round. And then, getting ahead of myself, beat the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then they went on to lose to Vegas in the Stanley Cup Finals. Why am I going down the road of their history in the playoffs last year? Because it's a pretty good team the Wild beat last night. Now, at many times, the Wild didn't look like the better team, but they won, and they won 2-0, to zero, and there's one reason why. Gus Bus, you've seen the ads, the Wild, uh, what a timely ad campaign, by the way. They rolled out the uh, school bus ad with Gus Bus uh, just a few days before the opener, and all he did in the season opener was steal the game, stopping 41 of 41 shots. 21 of those 41 shots are from the slot, point-blank range. Gus was just covering it up all night long, and had he not, this could have been a different game. Now, you know Wild Minute with Troy, we don't usually break down Saber metrics. We don't get too deep in the numbers because in hockey, it's about as much about puck luck as it is about skill. Um, you know, Patrick Royce always says the first one to three wins in NHL games, that's often the case, and two of those are off shoulder pads or shin pads or skates or something like that. So it is a beautiful game. It's why we love it. But we are going to talk metrics for a second because this is phenomenal. Last night, Gustafson uh, had a goal saved above 5.2. So he had a goal save above expected 5.2 goals. He, What that essentially means is an average goalie would have given up five goals last night. Gus gave up zero. Here's the more interesting stat, and I'm really nerding out going through Rocco Baldelli's spreadsheets and diving deep down into the numbers. Accountants would be happy. All you bean counters, here you go. There were 2,624 NHL games by goaltenders last season. Gus's performance last night would have ranked number two out of 2,624. That's that's impressive. That's better than 99.99 games last year by goaltenders. 
little goofy, but the bottom line is that's how good he was. He was stopping every shot and he hand delivered the win. Now, I, I didn't, the, that is the lead, so I wasn't going to bury the lead. But what we're really excited about from last night's game, the youth showed up. Brock Faber, we, we saw him in the playoffs, we saw him at the end of the season. My goodness, we're, we're going to forget about Dumba quick. Uh, Faber did score a goal. We're not going to see 20 or 30 from him, but it was, was nice. He shot it from the blue line. And then uh, X scored the other goal with net front says, presence. But let's talk about Brock Faber a little bit. My goodness. Um, what I liked about what we saw about him, and you're going to see this from, from, from results of Jonas Brodeen too, several times throughout the game, Jonas Brodeen was able to do, be more aggressive, finish his checks on the board, get more involved in the corners, and actually get more involved in the offense because he could trust that when he was working offensively that Faber was either where he was supposed to be or would get to where he's supposed to be to cover for Brodeen. Brodeen couldn't do that last year with Matt Dumba. Too often he had to worry about his job and also where Dumba was, and, and too often that was out of place. But Faber is so defensively solid it's not only going to, he's not only going to instantly fill Dumba's role and more, we're going to see a better Jonas Brodeen this year. Just watch Jimmy. He's going to, he's going to do well. And we saw some of that yesterday. Uh, and then of course, Marco Rossi, my goodness, he's the third line center with uh, Frederick Goudreau and Marcus Felino on his wings. Too slow for Marcus. Marcus did put on a little weight. He, his, he played well with the puck. He played well without the puck. Um, he just looked the part yesterday, something we didn't see last year. Now, statistically, no goals for Rossi, but guess what? He had a patient, he did score a goal. He, he was patient, had the puck, went through the crease, got Bob out of position, and just flipped it right off of Bob's skates into the net off of a very nifty pass from Goudreau, who was behind the net. But it was waved off, waved off because the Wild entered off sides, Marcus Foligno. Uh, entered ahead of the puck, so they reviewed it. It was challenged by the Panthers. They reviewed it, and they took away the goal. But nevertheless, I think this is a a play that's going to stick not only with Rossi but with his detractors. It'll stick with the coaches. We we did see what he could do. The offsides had nothing to do with the play. By the letter of the law, absolutely no goal. But but Rossi didn't score because uh, the Wild were offsides. Rossi scored because he took a good pass from Goudreau and he knew what to do with the point with the puck from point blank range range. So I look forward to seeing uh, more of Rossi and it's only a matter of time. I'm not the only one to say this, but, but mark my word, it's only a matter of time before Rossi exits that third line and gets up to the first line. I would do it now. I would have done it before the season. You know that I would have moved uh, Hartman down to the third line and have Rossi start the season with Zuccarello and Kaprizov. I just think that's where we're going to end up. So let's, let's just show our confidence in Rossi and do that right now. Uh, that's not the way Everson and Billy work. So it might take a little bit of time, but keep an eye on that. Uh, the penalty kill was solid four of four, largely because of Gus. Uh, but you got to give credit to that penalty kill too, especially minus Jared Spurgeon without the captain out there. Um, they were scrambling at times, but whenever you go four for four on the PK, you got to give credit to everyone. Of course, that starts with the goalie. And then of course, Jules Eriksson Eck is back and he looked healthy. Um, something we didn't see in the playoffs, of course. Uh, he his net front presence was outstanding, and of course that's where he got a cleanup garbage goal on a four on three. Um, but 
If he can stay healthy, that'll only help the Wild, stating the obvious. So those are things I really did like to see from the Wild yesterday. I liked Brock Faber. I liked Marco Rossi. Gus Bus, enough said. Uh, the penalty kill, four for four. And Jeek is back. He looked healthy. And uh, hopefully he'll continue to be um, not the most valuable player, but the most important player for the Minnesota Wild. We're getting a little long here, so I better speed up the words per uh, minute. Things I didn't like last night. Kirill was very pedestrian. He actually looked like he had sand in his skates. He just, he seemed slow last night. Um, too many times that top line not only was ineffective, it was hemmed in the defensive zone for almost the, their whole shift. Um, so Kirill traditionally is a slow starter. Anytime the Wild can win 2-0 without Kirill um, notching any points in the points column, we'll take it. Something to just keep an eye on, not not concerned in any way, but very pedestrian game from Kirill. Another thing I didn't like what I saw last night, the Wild power play. They looked lost most of the night. Really excited that Kalen Addison's the quarterback of that uh, power play one, so I'm not going to put the weight on his shoulders after one game, but um, they were 0 for 3 on 5 on 4 situations, and in one of their power plays, I think they were outshot by Carolina by a shorthanded, I keep saying Carolina, a shorthanded Florida team. Um, I think they're outshot three to zero in one of those. So power plays a mess. They brought in a different coach to fix it. Uh, small sample size, but we need to see better. Uh, finally, two two more things. Felino, Marcus Felino. We remember uh, in the playoffs where he was running around, and yes, those penalties maybe shouldn't have been called. But Marcus was just running around like kind of like a goon out there um, in in the playoffs. He took a, with the Wild cling to a 2-0 lead with two minutes left, he took a stupid penalty. He checked Matthew Kachuk, just came off the bench. Yes, it was interference. Yes, Kachuk flopped. But with, with your team clinging to a two-goal lead against a pretty good team with just a couple minutes left, there was no need to take that penalty. No need to put the Wild back on their heels shorthanded. Imagine if the, the Florida would have scored quickly on that power play. They would have had another minute and a half left with a pulled goalie to try to tie the game. It was unnecessary. Marcus needs to be better. Yes, he's physical. He needs to be one of those guys pushing back, but that was a penalty that was unnecessary, and you got to put the wins and the team ahead of some of that nonsense. Finally, uh, Mojo. Marcus Johansson, JoJo, actually. I like calling him Mojo, but the team calls him JoJo. JoJo hurt his wrist in the third period, left the game. It looked bad when he scraped himself off the ice and went straight to the locker room. Good news, earlier today, Coach Evison suggested that uh, he cleared all upper body tests in his day-to-day. He indeed did skate with the team in today's skate-around. Not a shocker. I mean, he hurt his wrist, not his feet. But he got on the plane. He's with the Wild. He'll be in Toronto tomorrow night. We'll see if he skates or not. But the Wild didn't announce any moves, um, and they don't have an extra forward. So if JoJo can't play... Uh, Dakota Mervis, that seventh defenseman, might draw in, or uh, they might have to make a move uh, today or tonight that they haven't announced yet. So tomorrow night, you heard me mention Toronto. The Wild uh, open their road season, 6 p.m. Central, uh, against uh, Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Should be an exciting game. I would expect the Gus Bus to be in net again, but we'll find out tomorrow uh, during Skate Around. This is the Wild Minute with Troy. We went long today. A lot to talk about. We're excited about a lot of things, but we're keeping an eye on a lot of things too because, like I said, this is an 82-game slog. We're not going to overreact or underreact about anything that happened last night or tomorrow night or next week. But we will notice trends. We will point things out. A lot of good things um, happened last night. 
but beating uh, Florida two to zero when you're outshot forty one to twenty one will not happen often. A goalie can always steal a game, and that's clearly what happened last night. So we need to the Wild need to clean up their defense. They need much more puck possession time on the offensive zone. They didn't have a lot of that in periods one and three. And uh, if they, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. If the Wild play the way they did last night in their season opener, they're a 500 team. That's it. But they can do better. They have good goalies. They will get better. And like I said, a pedestrian, pedestrian, a pedestrian uh, performance by the top line. So we'll see. Tomorrow night, Wild Toronto, 6 p.m. We'll set you up tomorrow. Come back. Check out Wildman with Troy on Saturday. We'll have something posted by the afternoon to get you ready for game two. Follow me on Instagram, Wild Minute Troy. If you have a question, wildminutetroy at gmail.com. Let me know. We'll read, it. we'll read it during the next podcast, and we'll answer as well. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you.